Welcome to the most valuable fucking show you're going to listen to all week. Building relationships is key to building your business. And why would you want to do that with people that you don't want to get silly and hang out and answer dumb questions with? This is Unfuck My Business. Welcome back to another crazy happy hour edition of the Unfuck My Business show. I am your designated driver, Robin Sales, with the wacky cast of characters that is Unfuck My Business. We have Danielle, Jennifer, Kathleen, Victor, Jinx, and Chris all here to answer our community's craziest and most compelling questions. So we're going to start with a fun one. Quit stories, firing stories. Tell our listeners and our community a crazy story about you quitting or getting fired or maybe you having to fire someone or witness a quitting. In my early 20s, I was managing a telemarketing room to sell people long distance services, uh, which was a big popular thing after the deregulation of the uh, telecom industry. And it was basically like really shitty, low level, high pressure sales. But we had some hard lines you just could not cross because we had a verification department who would have to double check all this shit and we had to record everything, blah, 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 blah. I brought this new person in. They were in for two or three days. They seemed to be making some sales. As a sales manager, I would listen in on calls randomly and I dialed into his call and I just heard him just lying his ass off on the phone. And it was like the third time after we'd already counseled him a couple of times on things you could say and things you couldn't say. And so I was like so pissed. I went running around the corner and we were in these like those tall cubicle things. And uh, I went diving across the side of the cubicle wall. Now, mind you, I was younger and fitter than I wasn't quite the site that I would have been now. But literally imagine somebody in like business casual with a fucking polo and shit diving across the side of a cubicle wall to slam the phone shut uh, or shut it off back when, you know, they had like real buttons to shut them off uh, uh, as a standalone device. Uh, and then like yank this guy by his collar out and just be like, you're fucking fired. That was the most dynamic physical firing that I've ever been involved in, I think. Wow. I would, I, you know, back before cell phones were ubiquitous, it would have been amazing if someone had gotten that cubicle dive on camera. Who walked him out, Jinx? Oh, oh of course I did. I mean, like, I, I literally dragged him back to a one-on-one room nice. to fire him, to explain why I was firing him right now and walking him off-site and then walked him out the front door, and that was the end of it. I think uh, my favorite one wasn't necessarily, I have a couple, but I think my favorite thing was actually in the interview process more than the firing. So this person wasn't actually technically hired, but it was actually kind of fun. So I was in the corporate world. I had somebody who I thought was going to be a kick-ass sales agent. And sales agents for us in that business were like bread and butter. You were known for securing, hiring, and getting a rock star sales agent like across the company. And I liked him. He was like rebellious, but also like really respectful. I was in Savannah, Georgia. So of course, down there, they called me Mr. Chris all the time. So I sent him out and I was like, hey, man, listen, I'm excited. Go get your drug test done. Here's your chain of custody form, all that good stuff. You have 24 hours from the moment you walk from here to get your piss tested so we can get you hired. So I get a phone call four days later and I'm out and I forgot about the guy. And he goes, Mr. Chris, he goes, Hey man, there's, there, Mr. Chris, it's been a little bit of a challenge. And I was like, so what's going on, man? And he goes, uh, you know, I, I, I just got my, my piss test done. And he goes, but they, uh, they told me that my, my pee was too cold. And so I'm sitting there saying to myself, like this motherfucker didn't even pay for the warm urine for his fucking drug test. 
And I was like, yeah, man. Well, first and foremost, that, that deadline was like three days ago. So you're probably still high right now. But next time, make sure you spend the extra 20 bucks on the warm fucking urine. Let that be a lesson to you. Sticking with the drug train, you know, since we're on that one right now. Uh, <laughs> I was witness to a firing quitting scenario. My boss walked over. I'm sitting next to this guy who's just kind of sitting like this, kind of slouched down, hand on his head. And my boss came over and she's like, hey, are you not feeling well? Do you need to go? And he looks up and he goes, no, I'm just fucking high as hell. <laughs> she busts out laughing and she goes, you know you're fired, right? But that's the funniest shit I've ever heard. So I, it was like the funniest situation. She had to acknowledge he was fired, but it was really funny because he just didn't care, obviously. That is hilarious. So I go in with my fire slash quitting type of situation. It was myself. Uh, on my late teens, I was working for a company that distributor, uh, distributed garments, clothing. Like our, our uh, customers were like screen printers and um, advertising specialties. So like plain white t-shirts or whatever color you wanted. That was kind of my job. It was a sales, you know, sit on the cubicle, call people out, customers, things like that. When I realized that the t-shirts that I sold for $2 were selling for $30 in Disney, with the Disney logo and a Disney um, label, I'm like, fuck it, I get it. I'm going to do a clothing line. So for about six months, I, I kind of ran my business. So I started to do my business sitting on my cubicle. So I would talk to a lot of people like my accounting and attorneys. And, you know, I was I trademarked the, the name of a, the, the clothing line and all that stuff. So they called me up to the office and said, listen, and I was buying um, the T-shirts from the company I was working from. So they called me to, the, to an office, to a, a guy and a lady, um, and told me, listen, we know you, you have your own thing going. We appreciate if you don't run it during company time. And they say, well, we, we heard you, and we know we can tap, you know we can tap into your phones, and you're talking about your business. So I said, okay, fine. I, I will not do it again. So what I did was, I was, you know, was my late teens, so I, English was not the best for me at that point. Still kind of the best, but uh, I'm much better at it today. The people that I was dealing with were Spanish. So I started doing it the same thing, but in Spanish, completely Spanish. So about a week later, they called me up to the room <laughs> and they go, listen, we know that you are, you know, you're running your business from the cubicle. I said, no, fuck no. I, I'm talking. So they played the, what, what I was talking about. They played the fucking, um, they played the calls. And I had to translate, you know, related to the business, like related to the business that I was supposed to be doing. Of course, they didn't believe me. Um, and I continued to do it. And a week later, they called me up and I said, fuck it, you're right. I should not be doing this in company time. I'm, I'm, I'm out. And they say, well, you're fired too. I said, okay. But that was it. So well, do Victor, not run your business. Yes. <laughs> Victor, um, yeah. I think you're missing a very important part of the story. What was the name of your clothing line? The name of the clothing line was named um, Sperm. Moda wear. Moda means fashion. Sperm is sperm. So sperm fashion wear was the name of it. And it was all sperm oh, and t-shirts and hats and things of that nature. Yes, I, I have a sperm, uh, spermoda hat, lovely wiggly <laughs> sperm going across the top. Listen, I was that's, selling Twitter online back in 97 when nobody else was doing that. It was it was a cool deal. It was a cool business. Um, it was great. But yeah, I got fired from doing my business, doing company time. 
Yeah. In the HR world, that's called conflict of interest. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Theft of company time. Oh, my God. On the sperm topic. <laughs> I'll With an in. intro like that, this has got to be good. better be good, actually. Um, so back in the day, there was this programmer that worked at this company I worked for and quiet guy, family guy. He had like at least four kids, you know, I think he was, you know, one of those uptight religions that doesn't let you like drink or dance or, you know, lots of stuff. Right. So like super buttoned down. And one day turns out that he was spending at least 80% of his time at work watching porn. Like they put a tracker on his computer because they were suspecting something. And it was just like this ridiculous amount of time, like ridiculous amount of time. Like, like he spent half an hour a day replying to emails and that was it. Wow. As soon as he figured out that you didn't necessarily have to do it through a hole in the sheet, he was transfixed. He was like, I want to know more about this. Exactly. 80% is a long time. He, he got 20%. 20% is normal, right? Depends on the company you work for. <laughs> He's good with his hands. That's why we hired him. <laughs> I mean, if you work for like, you know, you porn, then I assume 100% of your time should be involved. With <laughs> well, this is not related to porn, but it is the medical field. And I had to let someone go. And she was so angry and furious. And she had a key to the office. So she's furiously taking off the key off of her ring, her key ring, and jolted it with all her might at me. And it landed on the bottom of my chin and hit like a blood vessel. I started, I started like bleeding profusely all over her termination papers. <laughs> and uh, it was not a good look for a firing situation. So. Somebody's not getting unemployment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, so I witnessed some crazy firings. I've been involved in some, you know, interesting layoffs, but no, I've never been injured. <laughs> That's unusual. So working in HR and training in the corporate world, you you get access behind the scenes to conversations and information. Like if anybody knew, I think a lot of people think HR is boring, but HR is the place where it's literally your job to slide a piece of paper across a desk and ask someone, is this your penis? You know, did you email this picture of your penis to your fellow employees? <laughs> like, it's insane. Can you describe the naked man you saw passed out on the couch in your company <laughs> break room? You know, like you just, you have access to the weirdest stuff. So, um... I will say for me, <laughs> I was the layoff queen for a while because I worked in the banking industry for about nine years, which is all mergers and acquisitions. And in that nine years, I got laid off seven times and each time went to something bigger and better. But like you get laid off seven times and it's like you begin to see the writing on the wall. Like the last two times I'm like, oh, it's coming. You know, you just, you know, it's coming. So uh, you end up, because it's mergers and acquisitions, working with and for some of the same groups of people, even though the name on the building is different. And so a good friend of mine, still a good friend and mentor of mine, she was always like one of the top people in the HR department. And she was responsible for physically delivering my pink slip to me three times. <laughs> and so on the last one, I was like, by the way, where are you going? Because I don't want to work there. <laughs> I'm done with you feeding me my layoff packages, please. <laughs> 
But the the craziest one I ever witnessed was at a bank that no longer exists. And the woman who ran that HR department, I think there was like, she was unstable. I think that there might've been something actually wrong with her. And she, she would just blow gaskets. And so we were all huddled. I was working at the front desk and her office was behind the wall behind me and to the right. And we were all huddled at my desk listening because she was literally screaming at the woman that she was supposed to be counseling prior to termination. So this, first of all, this woman was doing something inappropriate. She was an assistant manager and she was having an affair with an underage, not underage, but like much younger man who worked for her. Okay. So he's your subordinate, significantly younger than you, and you're having a relationship and everybody knows about it. Right. Yet the woman sat there straight faced and kept denying it when confronted with it. And the woman who was the head of HR at the time was not having it. And so we literally thought the door was going to come flying off the hinges because you could hear her just screaming from her office. If you lie to me one more time, I will throw you out of this office right now and you will never work in this industry again. Like she was just losing her mind because she could not break this woman. She could not get this woman to admit to the affair. And like, it was seriously breaking her down. She was having a fit. And I, I didn't understand why she didn't get fired for that. You know, <laughs> that was certainly the craziest one that I was ever pervy to. So did she, admit it? Let's, did she admit it to the affair or not? No, she never did. And so the the woman who was my boss, like not only did she have that mental breakdown where she was screaming, but for like weeks afterwards, she just was like impossible. Like it just completely interfered with every fiber of her being that she could not break this woman and get her to admit to the affair. They fired her anyways, but you know, it like that'll be the thing that she takes to her grave, like the one she didn't get, you know? <laughs> It's so stupid. Why? Who cares? You know, but for her in her realm of power, that was all she had control over and she lost her shit, man. Let's do a complete 180 from these topics. That was the first question. That oh was the God. first question. I thought we were done. I'm fucking <laughs> me. Oh, Those are some we're good still stories. Going? So let's have a palate cleanser and talk about cartoons. One of our community oh. members would like to know, are there any cartoons that you still watch and enjoy on a regular basis? I don't know if this is a palate cleanser, <laughs> but... We don't need to know about your hentai habit, Kathleen. <laughs> Big Mouth and South Park. Oh, yeah. They're not really kid cartoons, though. I'm, I'm going to add to that because uh, Big Mouth, I thought, was uh, funny as well. Um Paradise PD, another Netflix uh, original animation series, fucking cracks me up. It's it's just like, just go look it up. It's it's fucking hilarious. Um, but I also still watch. I mean, I keep rewatching a lot of like classic big anime specials. Like I'm always down for another rewatch of Akira or Ninja Scroll or uh, you know uh, Vampire Hunter D. You know any of like the big classic anime movies from the the early rise. I, I'll watch those again in a hot second. Twilight of the Cockroaches. Jinx, you and I are of that same generation when anime like really hit and took off in the U.S. and, you know, midnight showings of like, you know, 
Uh, well, and a friend of mine, shout out, sent me the full big volume one of the manga Blame, which is like eight volumes that are each like a thousand pages. It's insane. And Netflix also has that a series. So I've been watching that while reading the actual manga, which is pretty interesting as well. I remember seeing Ghost in the Shell at a midnight showing on a big screen and it was just, but you know, brain matter all over. It blew my mind. Also, shout yeah. out to the JoJo fan base because you guys are all going to get so excited that I said JoJo in this podcast, despite the fact that you're a 36-year-old business professional who should know better. <laughs> when you're watching anime on a scale of one to high, how 10 are you? <laughs> like, I still will see like a, a, a Beavis and Butthead episode. Shout out to my childhood. Um, and I still laugh, especially when I see like Beavis and Butthead do America. Hilarious. And I still think that one of the funniest episodes of South Park all time is the very first one with anal probes and aliens. I still think it's fucking hilarious. And that's it. <laughs> I say, fuck no. I would not choose to watch any cartoons because I have four kids and I'm forced to watch those fuckers all day long, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't choose to watch them, but I am coerced or forced to. I did, however, appreciate very tremendously The Last Airbender. So I have encouraged my kids to watch that type of content versus some of the other crazy cartoons they like to watch. Jennifer, and for anybody else who has kids that are, you know, in, on the younger end right now, I encourage you to go look up. Dax Shepard did a video on Instagram called Welcome to the Paw Patrol Years. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. He's basically like, this is your life now. You are nothing but Paw Patrol, you know? You that name makes me cringe. Like, I'm literally cringing right now. With my oldest, who's a teenager now, he's 18, but we went through a serious Wiggles phase when he was younger. And, and I, we still know the words to all the songs. I will never unlearn fruit salad, yummy, yummy. To top it off, I'm like 14 years older than my younger siblings, so I feel like I've been a car, uh, in a cartoon nightmare for the majority of my life. <laughs> I still love, so I loved really obscure cartoons. Surprise, surprise. Um, and uh, does anybody remember the Beetlejuice cartoons? I had the entire VHS set um, and only recently reluctantly sold the VH set of Beetlejuice cartoons because I can now access them digitally. But I still fucking love that cartoon series. I think it was way ahead of its time along with things like Ah! Real Monsters. Like, early 90s Nickelodeon was fucking groundbreaking. So, Rocco's Modern Life, you know, Ren and Stimpy, Ah! Real Monsters. I loved all that stuff. Ren and Stimpy's subversive as fuck. And if you watch the shit before Ren and Stimpy came to Nickelodeon, it gets even weirder. Any other cartoons? No cartoon for me. Don't like them. And I have too many you kids You don't too, like cartoons? So. You know, I used to watch cartoons like, you know, Tom and Jerry and things like that when I was a little kid. But as I grew older, I just didn't like it much. The Simpsons were great, you know, but that's about it. All right. Well, let's go from cartoons conferences. I think we've all been to our fair share of conferences, although most of them are virtual right now. But my favorite part of any conference is the hallway conversation that takes place and conversations that you're actively engaged with out in the hallway during sessions, in between sessions. But sometimes the best stuff is what you overhear. So 
some of the ridiculous things that you overhear other people talking about in the hallway or misguided presenters who are dropping anti-knowledge bombs on the audience that make you go, did they really just say that? Did they really just encourage this entire audience to do this really dumb thing? So what are some of the craziest things that you've overheard at a conference? Holy shit. Uh, witnessed like some severe traumatic engagement of a guest at an event by a major quote unquote influencer. Not going to say the name, but watch them recall like some severe trauma from their past, take them by the neck and make them punch a pillow. There was that cringe fest. But I'll share a funny story of one that, that I went to a few years back. I went to an event I spoke at and it was for sales teams and it wasn't what was said on in any of that stuff that you mentioned. But one of the funniest stories of all time for me is I was getting ready to go to sleep and I was exhausted. I spoke that morning. It was one o'clock in the morning and then my door opened and it was one of the guys on another sales team that came in and I was like exhausted. He was high out of his fucking mind. And he was like, hey man, do you hear that? And I was like, hear what? He's like, my heart is just pounding. Do you hear that? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I'm messaging somebody I was sharing the room with and I was like, can you get his high ass out of here? I have no idea what's going on. I have no time for this. And he was just freaking out for about 15 minutes and I thought he was gonna have a heart attack and finally I was like yeah man you probably are it's probably happening and he freaked out and then finally uh, one of my partners came in grabbed him out I found out when I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning when nobody showed up to the first session that he had a severe panic attack and had to have the ambulance called we were in Tennessee and it was Blount County which is hilarious because he had smoked a blunt by another uh, team member that was so strong for him he's never dealt with it before so he went the cops went with him too and they were trying to figure out what was going on. But apparently he just decided to have a panic attack over too much weed. And he came to the second session and every single person was messaging him like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you? So probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen happen before. And probably one of the most annoying things too. How the fuck did he get in my room? And how is too much weed going to put you in the hospital like that? That's Shout out to uh, Little Dicky for his song Too High. Uh, reference yeah. while listening to this story. <laughs> I'll say something that makes me cringe because I've seen this at so many conferences is when somebody is pitching something, you know, pitching a service or some sort of package or whatever, and they're using these manipulation tactics as to really induce scarcity. Like if you don't do this, then you are not serious. You are never going to grow your business. You're never going to be successful because you don't believe in yourself. And then you, they like force that down your throat and all of these different array of things that they say that then you're like, Oh God, you almost are questioning yourself. And you're like, they're so good at it. You're like, Oh wait, Oh my God, do I not believe in myself? Am I not going to be successful? <laughs> and it's just so cringy. A thousand percent. Like, what are you even fucking doing here if you're not here to buy my shit? <laughs> so I've got one. Have you ever met a person who um, actually is like really nice, has a great heart, but the way they present themselves is like very erratic and douchebaggy. So like they're kind of irrational. Well, I encountered one of these individuals at a conference that I went to, and he happened to be in one of my work groups because, of course, I went to a conference where they broke you out and you had these kind of innovation groups. And a lot of people didn't really care for the guy because he came off really douchebaggy, but I understood his personality. It was just the way that he presented himself. And so I was kind of like advocating for him, like, no, come on, he's got really good ideas, et cetera. Listen to him until he walked into one of our meetings with what appeared to be cocaine on his nose. And I'm like, yeah, 
I was vouching for you until you showed up with powder on your nostrils. And dude, I can't save you there. <laughs> Nose beers. Wow. It wasn't I mean, it was like literally all over. It was oh, like, he's got he has something on his nose? You know, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> it was like one of those moments. Like, do you tell him? Do you not? Because then you know that then he knows that you know what that is. <laughs> so it's like, do you put yourself out there that way? <laughs> Yikes. It could have been Stevia, maybe he was diabetic. Good point. I mean, no judgment here. True. Shout out. Who snorts that? Yeah. I did know a lady who put. Um, I went to. Um, oh, she's going to say she put sweet and low on everything. Like literally everything. She sprinkled it on her salad. Yeah. So it's possible that it could have been that. Victor, I stepped <laughs> all over you. Go ahead. No, you did not. But um, I had I went to a real estate seminar one time. And one of the speakers was pitching something, of course. And before he started talking and giving him, him gives his presentation, he said, every question, yes, please do it at the end. 20 minutes into this thing and this strategy about buying real estate and all this shit. And a lady just kind of asked a question and it kind of threw him off or threw him off. And he, he lost his train of thought and he's pissed off about it. He's like, fuck, you know, I, I say, guys, I'm old and I don't remember this stuff. Um, just questions at the end. And then he couldn't start from there. He had to go back 20 minutes prior to it and start the presentation again. So we have to hear him at about 20 minutes of the same shit. I'm like, how fucking, how, how, what, what kind of a fucking idiot can you be for not be able to like jump into like a place where you understand? You know, you, it was, it, to me, it was crazy. So of course I did not buy his, um, his CDs or whatever he was selling. That, you know, so coming up in the corporate world and learning and development, you know, one of the things you learn is like subject matter expert does not equal great facilitator. And, it, you know, that's where I wish every person who ever had to get up, give a presentation was taught basic improv prior to giving a presentation, because then you learn how to think on your feet and you learn how to adjust based on what the audience is giving you. And if someone is compelled to ask a question, that means they want to know it right now, not later when you get around to it, you know? So facilitators who stick stringently to the agenda aren't doing anybody any favors. That drives me crazy. And, and on that note, I'll say one of the, probably the cringiest and most disappointing things I used to see at conferences is when um, I used to go to learning and development conferences. There's this huge professional organization for learning and development professionals. And this annual conference draws like eight to 10,000 people from all over the world. So these are eight to 10,000 professionals in the learning and development industry at a conference giving presentations. And oh my God, you guys, it is some of the shittiest PowerPoints you will ever see. I'm like, how can I possibly take you seriously? How can you teach me anything about training my team when you're up there? Like, I know that that's one of the, the built-in themes that comes in Microsoft PowerPoint. Like, you didn't even fucking change the colors, you know? Like, oh my God, that, that makes me insane. I had to think about this for a lot because honestly, the only conferences that I ever spend time attending for the most part are very, very niche conferences. And I just don't hear that much cringy stuff. 
but that being said, I used to work when I was much younger for a national hotel chain whose brand I will not mention here um, as a banquet houseman. And we hosted the Star Trek convention one year, um, which is a notoriously freak-filled <laughs> event. Uh, and so I uh, had ended my shift after serving a particular Star Trek convention group and keeping their rooms stocked in their banquet room uh, all set up and all the rest of that. And uh, I was thinking about heading home, and one of the people there invited me to join them for some Romulan ale, which was some sort of blue shit with a lot of alcohol in it. And uh, over the course of the next few hours, A, they got me wasted. Um, B, they talked me into getting them into the pool, which normally closes at 11. Uh, I took them, I took this whole crew of Star Trek convention attendees through the back kitchens out into the private service entrance to the pool. We got in the pool all together. Uh, a few people started removing their tops. A security guard showed up and was like ready to kick everybody out until he realized it was me in the pool with all of them. We ended up back in their banquet room at some point. At this point, I'm three sheets to the wind. The next thing I remember, it was 10 a.m. and my general manager had just opened the room and I'm the only person in there who's now waking up hungover as fuck from this crazy shit. And basically, I just mumbled, yeah, I went late and I couldn't get a ride home. So uh, I went ahead and just crashed in the room and I like walked out past her real fast, smelling like my own ass, I'm sure. And uh, like, you know, fucking got a ride home <laughs> at that point. Uh, so the cringiest thing that I've ever seen at a conference was my own behavior late at night. That is an epic, epic story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I was going to say my uh, cringiest is more shenanigans than anything. Um, I was uh, at a real estate bar camp and I kind of got looped into this group of uh, friends that I knew some of the people of or whatever. And, you know, we decided everybody's going off campus for, uh, for lunch. And we, for whatever stupid reason, had to take one car. Like, could, couldn't take more than one car. So we crammed, like, 10 or 12 people into a little, like, Ford Focus or something. So we literally had someone in the trunk. So we get to the restaurant, and there's, like, just people, you know, clown carring it out of this car. We open the car back up, and this lady pops out of the trunk. It's entertaining. <laughs> That's hilarious. So speaking of laughter, what never fails to make you laugh? It could be a thing, it could be a joke, but what's the thing that like, if you, if it happens in front of you, you're going to laugh no matter what. There's so many things. <laughs> I mean, I'll start. Human I, beings are so, the funniest fucking people, like things in the world. It's hilarious. <laughs> I am not ashamed of the fact that I am a woman in her mid forties and I will still laugh at fart jokes every Fuck time. Yeah. Every, every time. time, every, every uh, time. Farts are funny and that's all there is to it. I'm a grown man in my thirties. And every time I hear one, it makes me laugh. So anytime, every time you hear a fart. Anytime someone oh, yeah. their ass. Like <laughs> if, if I see you, but you could be my best friend in the whole world. If you bust your ass, I am going to fucking start <laughs> laughing. If it injures you, I'm only going to laugh harder. <laughs> I'll make sure you're okay, but I'm still going to bust a gut laughing. Yeah, I'm the same way, Jinx. Actually, it used to make my kids mad. 
because they fall. I'd be like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> like, I love you. I hope you're okay. But goddamn, that was funny. I was going to say, you're not dead. Like, I'm going to just laugh. Like, as long as they're not hurting themselves. As a former clinician, I feel like it'd be really bad if I'm like, oh, I love it when people hurt themselves. But if somebody just trips and it's like such an accidental trip, but especially when they're like flabbergasted that they just tripped and they're like looking all around furiously to see like what made them trip and they're angry about it. Watching that whole scene play out is so funny to me. Which, by the way, seeing Mitch McConnell trip over the fucking steps to the stage recently on his last speech and crawling across the ground trying to stand up again was one of the most hilarious political things I've seen politically in the last four years. I still think that outspoken old people are some of my favorites, the ones who give zero fucks. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we had this <laughs> at, a, at a restaurant I used to work at, which remains nameless, but has the atmosphere of an old country store. We had this older guy who would come into one of the restaurants and his son was an attorney and this guy was 94. We called him Pops. He gave zero shits. Except one day he did because we were full on a Sunday and he shuffled to the bathroom from the back dining room. And one of the servers came in from the outside store and to one of our managers on training and said, hey, uh, just to let you know, Pops tried to make it to the bathroom. Didn't quite get there. Shit his pants in the vestibule and proceeded to shake it out of his pant leg onto the floor and walk back to a stable in front of a bunch of people on a wait on a Sunday. And this, guy, and this guy tried to tongue kiss a bunch of the servers. He gave zero shit except for that one day. I've been waiting to tell that story to the right crowd for a long time. He gave a hell of a shit that day. <laughs> so I will have to say. I don't know why. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, babe. No, it's okay. I will, I will have to say a really good dick joke. And I know that's probably <laughs> not going to be received all coming off the women's episode we just did. However, any dick joke really gets me laughing. Just have to say that. But it's got to be a good dick joke. <laughs> I'm just going to point out the women's episode was bracketed by the dick jokes episode on the front side and then the stick joke reference on the back side. It's all wrong. Some of us like dicks, right? It's okay. And then you got sperm. You got sperm moda. Sperm on your sperm at, at work. That's right. <laughs> well, I love those what makes dirty really pun jokes where it's like you have to know the meaning of the science word to like get the joke. You know, that kind of joke, like I is like my favorite. Like those nerdy programmers. Like somebody nerdy asked me if I was into sodium, and I was like, nah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that exactly. Thank you. You just made my day. That was wonderful. What makes me, what makes me laugh a lot, and, and it's a it's a dumb thing because I kind of laugh on my own, but it's just funny as shit. It's like scaring people. Like I see my wife in the bathroom, and I just pound the door really hard, and just the the, the imagination of what she's doing inside, and she goes, "Fuck! What the fuck? What's wrong with you?" And I just laugh. I just walk away just laughing because it's just so funny. And I do it to my kids. And if you're in the bathroom and you're in my house, I'm probably going to do it to you too. It's just funny, stupid shit, but it makes me laugh. If, if you've ever served tables and you have not laughed to yourself horrendously for crop dusting, you're not a human being. Because that is one of the funniest <laughs> things in the fucking world. When you walk away and watch the aftermath of the terror that ensues. <laughs> 
see, farts are funny. Especially I, I when people are like trying to get the covers off or something like that in like real life and they're like out like what's going on? Or people get angry. It's, just, it's hilarious. Kids laughing. I cannot resist kids laughing. Babies, kids, oh, I don't care what sure, age yeah. they are. But children laughing, it's the most infectious laughter. I don't even have to know what you're laughing about, but just the sound of children laughing, forget it. I'm done for. Oh my gosh. Now I'm trying to move on past all the ridiculous stories. But, but just like Jennifer said, right? She likes a good dick joke. I like to make sure it's a cute kid laughing. Because if it's not a cute kid, <laughs> then it's not that funny. You know? So I want to make sure I want to make sure it's a very cute kid, and then I'll go ahead and make the laughter happen. <laughs> Yeah, those two are very comparable. Wow. I think so. I mean, we just solved a lot of problems by comparing a dick joke to a kid laughing. So it's got to be a cute kid. Let's preface that. Also, one of my favorite things is when somebody laughs so hard they snort. Which I And if it's me that I know you did, that's why I like bringing If it's me that made it happen, so much the better. (laughs) I am definitely a snort laugher for sure. Oh, man. We're going to take not a serious turn, but we're going to go deep on this next question. Yeah, Do you have... Wait, let me get close and get serious. Do (laughs) you have a secret talent? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can peel potatoes really fucking fast. That's one of my small hidden talents that people don't know. Uh... And I used to shoot pool professionally back when I was in my early 20s. So I used to, I used to hustle and play quite a bit. So yeah, a little hidden talent. And I can't see for shit. So come at me, bro. <laughs> nice. I got to think about what I'm allowed to say and answer right? the question. No, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. I have a, an ability to um, carry on conversations and keep walking and engaging with people long after I have checked out for the evening. I'm not sure if you'd call that a secret talent. I guess it depends on how many people have been exposed to it. But there have been countless times that I've gotten messages or follow-ups or chats about long conversations that we've had and appreciating my insight and thoughts way past any point of actually remembering any of that conversation. 95% of them are positive. About 5% people are like, let's talk about what we said last night. And I'm like, oh, what did I say last night? Um, But yeah, so I'm able to carry on in under almost any circumstances. And we know that when you start repeating yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I can corroborate on the stories of the conversations after the drunkenness happens. I don't know if this would be a talent, and I know this theory has been debunked, but this theory of a photographic memory. So like, I will literally remember for having a conversation where we were, what you were wearing, what was happening in the background, and the, like the tone of your voice, what was what I smelled in that moment, like uncannily, like ain't nobody gonna be lying to me because I just have this like steel trap memory that recalls all the things that were happening. Love it. Yeah. Um, I am a fantastic card shuffler. Woo! I can shuffle the fuck out of some cards. 
And then Dave I don't know. If this is- I, I'm going to need some some demonstration here because I I've got like bring- one hand shuffles and, and I, I would love to compare techniques on that. I would also say I don't know if how if this is like a major secret, but maybe a secret to you all. But I'm a really good singer. I can't wait prove to hear that. It, one. Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> I am a maker of things. I like making things. I make all kinds of things. I make things from like fine cabinetry, woodworking to Halloween costumes, like all of the things. Bring me a thing that you want made and I get all excited about it and come up with different ideas to do it. Your Joker costume last year was fucking awesome. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. Some of you guys might get these. Some of you guys might not, but I can do a great helicopter. Let's see it. Like, are you doing it right now below the waist? Exactly. <laughs> there <Nice>. you go. <laughs> ah, dude, I, I can see it in my mind's eye right now. Photographic memory. I was crop dusted, and I can see your meat swinging. All right. <laughs> I'm actually very good with my. I'm actually very good with my hands. I can do tricks. I can do card tricks. I can do like basketballs. I can. I can spin it on my finger. I can do a lot of things uh, with my hands. I'm very good with my hands. Oh my god. The helicopter was a joke. I was a little slow on the uptake on that one. <laughs> I'll admit. I know. a lot of information. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh one not so secret talent is I have literally a treasure trove of pop culture trivia knowledge in this brain o mine obscure actors movie references quotes memorizing a song after only hearing it once i absolutely fucking rule at rock and roll jeopardy people like there's an entire group of people who refuse to play trivial pursuit with me anymore <laughs> um so there's that but then i took one semester of high school french barely passed it but i can still sing the french national anthem I think the more important question is, can you sing the Les Poissons song from Little Mermaid? Les Poissons, Les Poissons. Oh, I love Les Poissons. <laughs> wow. I call you for a trivia night. You, you have to I'm down team, for that, by the way. Right? Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm in there. Oh, I'll we would be the most unstoppable would, trivia team known to man. My knowledge the floor of stupid, pointless information is unmatched. Yes. Love it. Be a bystander. <laughs> I may contribute something. And that is a great example of really know your strengths. <laughs> All right, gang, let's wrap this up with a quick one. If you owned a boat, what would you name it? Like in the tradition of ridiculous, self important boats or, you know, Clever boat names. I mean, what would you name your my, future my retirement yacht? plan? My retirement plan is to go sailing around the world. So I, uh, I'm thinking it's not a ridiculous name, but Grateful Wanderlust would be a good name for that boat. Oh, that fits you so much. I love that. Another question. I don't know about this one. Well, I have one. So I think. <laughs> My future yacht's name is going to be the Sovereign Sea Queen. Nice. I love that. That's so you, Danielle. 
every every woman who's being asked this questions like you know well my boat name is fairy dancer and like dudes are like uh my boat name is wet balls because see the <laughs> balls on the boat and they get wet you know like every dude owned boat always has like some like really low level fucking sexual innuendo to it you know i had a yeah. boat that i purchased and it was named the interluder <laughs> wow i didn't name it but that's what it was i think mine would be just dustin <laughs> <laughs> Or <laughs> definitely. I mean, I still think Step Brothers is one of my all-time favorite movies. So Prestige Worldwide is still one of my favorite fucking movies. Or favorite <laughs> thoughts about that being on the side. Prestige Worldwide. Worldwide. Nice. Victor, what about you? Boat names? So I'll I'll ask you, what do you think that my boat is gonna be named? Just take a wild guess. Be very, very, very common. I'll probably just I'm name gonna have to go with sea sperm. <laughs> <laughs> Strong nice, Danielle. Way to bring it back around. <laughs> that's that's appropriate. I would I would agree. I'd probably name it freaking Victor or Victory or Bolivar, some stupid shit because I have an ego the size of Florida. That's Bolivar the way it goes. Like art. Holy oh, that's creative. There you go. That's my future retirement career, naming boats. My boat will be DV8. The letter D, the letter V, and the number 8. I think okay. you missed a Z in there somewhere. <laughs> See, uh, this question is so bad to end on. I'm like, yeah. I mean, like, my boat's name would be Working Title. Oh, I love that. That is a great name. It could be a hello first name. Ooh. I think it'd be good. <laughs> hello first in name. The, in the carrots, it'd be like, hello first name. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back to a future episode. And probably go check your autoresponder on your email system. <laughs> <laughs> go back to the digital tools episode and you'll understand why we're all laughing right now. Awesome, guys. Thank you once again for another delightful Unfuck My Business happy hour. I enjoy learning more and more about you during each one of these. And I appreciate you so much for these. And to all of you listening, this is what it's all about. Uh, building relationships is key to building your business. And why would you want to do that with people that you don't want to get silly and hang out and answer dumb questions with? Um, so that's what we do. So you can learn a little bit more about us. And hopefully you go find your tribe of people to have goofy happy hours with whatever those happy hours may look like. So until the next one, uh, I thank you all and we will see you next Tuesday. What the fuck are you waiting for? Take what you learned in this episode and do something with it. You'll find all the links and resources we talked about in our show notes for this episode. Go to unfuckmybusiness.com to subscribe to the show.